Welcome to the Hope College Athletics Orange and Blue podcast. I'm uh, Sports Information Director Alan Babbitt. It's been a fun and a privilege this uh, certainly interesting school year to uh, be able to chat with our Hope College coaches and athletic staff and and uh, just talk to them about how they're managing everything with their student athletes and their teams in these unusual times. Um, and certainly uh, thrilled today to uh, chat with uh, head baseball coach Stu Fritz, uh, Blind Dutchman uh, itching, it would be an understatement to get on the field and play. Uh, and we'll be uh, doing that here very soon and looking forward to that, having them at uh, Bowie Stadium as well, uh, you know, very soon. Uh, Coach, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Alan, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Obviously, it's been so uh, long since you guys have played in a baseball game. You got a couple in last year before, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic came and then just disrupted uh, everything. I, I don't know what the right word is. How would you describe kind of the mood is of the team as you get here uh, ready to, to finally be able to play again? Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, you know, I vividly remember sitting in our field on March 11th. It was a Wednesday and uh, news of the pandemic, you know, was starting to build. And we were told that uh, our spring trip was not going to happen. And in a matter of an hour, we had 10 games scheduled for the spring break week back in Michigan. And 12 hours later, um, we realized that uh, there was going to be no non-league games. And then about eight hours later, we realized that we were done. And heartbreaking, really, for our seniors. Uh, I, would, I would say, Alan, that baseball players and coaches, by our very nature, have to be resilient with uh, – rainouts and makeups and especially playing here in the in the Great Lakes region we're used to having things postponed or canceled but never quite to that magnitude and I will I, I tip my hat to our guys and they, they handled it uh, extremely well it was it was disappointing um, obviously for our coaching staff to um, just truly have a season taken away from our guys but I guess if there's a, a silver lining it's that everybody else was in the same boat. We really didn't have anything else uh, that we could do. So we took it in stride and, and uh, but we're ready. We're ready to get back out and get going. It probably would be remiss if I didn't ask you about that. Those seniors that, you know, graduated, played some great baseball for you, really gave you guys, um, you know, uh, a lot of wins and, and really made you a, a threat here in the MIAA. What, what, when you're going to think about that senior class yeah, uh, and what the mark that they made on this baseball team in this college, what, what, what's going to stand out to you? You know, 2019 um, record-breaking year for us with 31 wins. And a lot of that is pointed directly to that group of kids that uh, did not get to play their season a year ago. Um, so special baseball players, but more than that, just special kids and kids that have given so much to this program, both on the field and off the field. And we certainly don't play the game for certain accolades, but, uh, you know, we, we had a couple guys in that program that would have rewritten um, some records in our program. And that, that was one thing that got taken away. And again, um, personal, personal goals and stuff like that. That's not what we're all about, but at the same time that, that breaks your heart for those kids. As you transition from 
you know, the loss of the season to then start preparing for another one with, and obviously in a time of really a lot of unknowns, you, you know, in March, you, nobody knew kind of anything that was going to be a day out. Sometimes it felt like, let alone, uh, you know, a, a year away in a season, as you built this year's team, what have you tried to do to build culture and, and practice and, and with different things that you have to adjust to, even I know you're an outdoor sport, so, but there have been challenges along the way. How have you tried to build that and bring in, you know, new freshmen who lost their own high school season? Mm-hmm. Just kind of how have you tried to, to manage all that has been thrown at you? We brought in a very good group of freshman um, kids. And, you know, again, going back to the resiliency of baseball kids, they, they came in eager and ready to go. We, we were able to, you know, the NCAA granted us a little bit different type of non-traditional season. So we were able to extend our non-traditional a little bit and got a little more work in in the fall. Um, I will say the one thing that we missed just with the small group gatherings and stuff like that is really a true opportunity to bond in terms of new players with our veteran guys. And, and I, I guess I'm referring more to the fall for that. Um, we had, we had, I think, 25 opportunities we used in the fall, which was fantastic to get us back on the field, to get us back going. Um, in terms of our culture, again, I think it, you know, it probably starts at the top, but 100% it's built from within. And we've got a veteran group this year that uh, they, they love the game. And, and more importantly, they love each other. And it's so fun for me to watch the camaraderie and the spirit that our guys have when they're together. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's heartwarming for me, really, to watch that happen. And now, just, just now, I would say our young guys are really starting to hit their stride. They're starting to be a part of this program. Um, and we're, we're fired up to play here in, in, in two weeks. But, but the leadership that we have from our senior group and really from all of our upperclassmen um, on the field, in the weight room, off the field, has been, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more. As you prepared this season, you've been uh, obviously, you know, on campus and also uh, using a sport quest and indoor facility here um, in, in the area to, to simulate what you can. Obviously, a challenge in the Great Lakes region is preparing for a baseball season uh, when uh, the weather outside says, no, you're not playing baseball mm-hmm. right now. What, how is, what does practice look like? What have you know, what have you been doing? Uh, I know a lot of early mornings, uh, yep. getting in when you can. What have you done as you guys have prepared for 2021? You know, we're, we're so fortunate to have a facility like SportQuest in Zealand. Um, the DeWitt family is the owner of that. Um, Devin Schaefer is one of our assistant coaches, is the manager of that. It's a facility that really is rivaled by, by very few. Um, we, we use that facility four days a week. And we go two mornings a week and two afternoons. And, and when I say morning, Alan, I'm not joking. Um, you know, if I'm not there by 4.30 in the morning, we got kids waiting. And I think, I think if you ask them, they would tell you that they truly enjoy our morning workouts. It's, uh, we have the facility to ourselves, and it's just a, a time for us, again, to bond and to get better. But in terms of our practice preparation, really, there's not much that has changed. Um, we, we carried uh, five more kids on our roster this year due to COVID, really, with some of the roster limitations that we have. So we will do a little bit more mixing and matching in terms of travel rosters, home rosters, that kind of thing. 
Um, but we're, we're going full steam and we, you know, this morning we practiced early and, and we, we had seven pitchers throw 45 pitches live. So our kids are getting live at bats. Um, we're doing a lot of defensive work and just really trying to prepare physically um, for our opener. And, you know, at the same time, the mental preparation, I think sometimes can be a little bit more difficult. Um, we had a little bit of a hiccup here the last week with uh, um, some of the COVID-19 stuff and, and our kids handled that extremely well. And we're getting back now where we've got a full group, um, you know, ready to go. And, you know, Alan, I think, I think I would have to say without going into a ton of details, I, I, I can't give our athletic training staff enough admiration and just thank yous for what they've done to keep our entire athletic program healthy and the number of hours that they're putting in along with our administrators. It's just been something that we've never, ever had to deal with before. And it affected our program fairly directly here in the last 10 days. And, and uh, I just can't say thank you enough. And that that's something that I want to emphasize. So we're getting back, we're getting back to full strength and we're ready to roll. With this year's team, when we're able to finally see the Flying Dutchman uh, take the field, what, what are we going to see? What do you see as strengths? Um, what are areas have you, you think are important for this team uh, to, to give yourselves a shot to win every time you, you take the field? Well, believe it or not, you're going to see a, a fair amount of similarities from the 2019 club when we've been, I don't know, 400 and some days or whatever it is um, since we've played a game at Bowie Stadium. It's going to be um, fairly similar. We have a veteran group. Um, we always look to pitching and defense. And positionally, you know, we have six returning starters positionally and, and got a Spencer Cable, a transfer from uh, Central Michigan. He's a Hudsonville product, um, has come in and really fit into our program very nicely. So in terms of talent, and I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning, um, in terms of talent, I think we're very talented. Um, quite possibly as talented as we've been in my 28 years. Um, now we have to determine if we're any good. And I, I mean that tongue in cheek, you know, I, I think we're good, but it's still about going out on the field and performing. And in our game, there are so many variables that uh, can affect you in a positive way or in a negative way. And uh, it will come down to pitching. And we have a veteran um, group of, of arms, uh, Al Vasquez uh, had Tommy John surgery a year ago and is returning and he'll be at the top of our rotation. So lots of uh, familiar faces with uh, some new and some younger kids um, sprinkled in, you know, gone is Trey Slancic, who was a four-year starter behind the plate for us. And uh, um, Cal Barrett, a senior is, is ready to step in to that. But Trace was a, a leader for us. And so there's a few spots that we have to fill, but we feel really good about what we have coming up. With uh, obviously you talked about the leadership, the veteran leadership with this group. Uh, you guys settled on captains. Who's going to lead this team uh, captain yeah. wise? We have five captains this year. And um, it's always a good thing, Alan, when you have a number of guys that could be, a, you know, fit into a captain role. And, uh, Evan Mayday will be a two-year captain. Um, center fielder will hit third for us. It will be a four-year starter. Um, Evan Becker is a senior. He'll be a captain. Um, Brant Kim, he's also a senior, but he's planning to come back for a fifth year. He'll be our short, starting shortstop for a third year. 
Um, Max Gation is a left-handed pitcher, senior. And then Joey Marucci, our third baseman, is our fifth captain. But let me just say a little bit more about captains. I, I like captains. We have captains. But we, we talk about co-signers a little bit in our program. We want people to co-sign a loan with us. And that loan is to provide leadership for our group. So we really expect to have leaders, you know, eventually in our freshman class and for sure in our sophomore, junior, and senior class. And now also invaluable for you is your coaching staff, a new uh, pitching coach and John Newman welcoming to the program this year. Talk about your coaching staff and, and what they're doing to help this baseball program. I'm lucky, Alan. Um, you know, it hasn't always been that way. And for me here, I think you have to establish yourself a little bit in the community and, and some of those things, but Chad Ruby, um, Chad Ruby played for me in Iowa, my first high school job. This will be his 22nd year helping me. And I oftentimes will say you don't have to have your best friends on your staff, but it certainly is great when you can call them best friends. And Rube's been my right-hand man since, uh, since 2000. And really we go all the way back to 1988 when I first started coaching him. Um, just does a fantastic job for us in terms of uh, Rube's pretty black and white. And um, our kids know that, but he has a huge heart and loves on our guys. So fortunate to have Rube and uh, I'll just kind of go in, in order of, you know, guys that have been around for a while. Devin Schaefer's um, Dev played for me. He's a California kid, um, four-year player for us now owns a, a baseball business in town. And I think this is year six for him um, with us. And then uh, two new guys on the staff, John Newman. Um, John has been, just a blessing to our program. He's our recruiting coordinator and pitching coach and uh, played for uh, legendary Hall of Fame coach Sam Riggleman at Spring Arbor. Um, Sam, one of the very best baseball people that I've ever met. And John brings a lot of those qualities with him. Um, spent uh, a year at Central Michigan and two years at Grand Valley and has come in and, and uh, like I said, recruiting coordinator, pitching coach and and he's in the office um, every day and just really helps with a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff. Um, and the other thing, Alan, I think I, I, maybe I didn't realize is how important it is to have a 24, 25-year-old guy on your staff. Um, just to build that bridge between some of us that have been here a while and, you know, with, with our younger kids. And then our, our last uh, um, coach is Eric Dawson. And that's a familiar name to our program as well, four-year starter for us. Um, he's working primarily with our hitters. Um, so every, every guy on our staff, other than John, has played in our program. And certainly not a, a requirement, but it helps. It really does help to, to continue with the continuity, to bring in new ideas. Um, but just to uh, you know, really coach the person first and the player second, and these guys are great at that. Your schedule this year is obviously a little different. Unfortunately, not able to make that Florida trip, which I know is a highlight, uh, you know, for the program. But the chance to play, you're going to be playing mostly NIAA opponents, including some that won't count toward the league standings, but a chance to to get some games in. Uh, just assess this year's schedules and the opportunities that it, it provides for you. Yeah, it's, it's certainly different. Um, I think uh, really all the NIAA schools have – tried to make the most of that 
Um, we're going to open this year at Milliken in uh, Decatur, Illinois. Um, Brandon Townsend is their head coach. He's a friend of mine. And we were just able to put together. Um, we had a weekend trip planned, but without able being able to do overnights, we're going to, we're going to make a long day of it, Alan. We're going to, we're going to drive down and play two nine inning games and, and uh, on a Saturday and come back in the same day, but they have a great turf facility. And, and uh, I think that uh, we'll get those games in on, on Saturday, the sixth. One of the things I did forget Alan with my coaching staff, uh, Jack Nuremberg has been our student assistant um, for three years and nerdy as he's affectionately called uh, is a blessing to our pitching staff, our pitching coach and our program. So we're fortunate to have Jack um, in our program as well. And then from, from the Milliken series, we will, uh, we're going to try to play uh, a weekend March, March 12th and 13th against MIAA teams, which will be non-counting games in the league. And then the following weekend, we'll go to Grand Park in, uh, in Indiana and play four and then come back. And on the 26th, we'll start our league set schedule for real then. So it's, you know, playing, playing, uh, playing the, the early season MIAA teams, our focus will really be treating that like a spring trip. We want to, we want to play guys on our roster. We want to get young guys opportunities. We want to just see where we're at um, coming into the games that count. Your, how, how do you see this league shaping up? Obviously uh, the chase for everyone in the league is to try to knock off Adrian you guys yep. have been knocking, knocking on that door. What, what do you see this year? I know a lot because you haven't seen each other, you know, really in, uh, you know, since 2019. So, how, you know, how do you try to figure out what to expect in this league? Yeah, you know, we filled out the preseason coaches poll the other day and I had to, you know, f oftentimes I will know other people's rosters as well as I know my own and had to do a little bit more thinking on that. Uh, you know, Craig, Craig Rainey down at Adrian's a, a good friend of mine. We've competed against, against each other for all of our professional career. And we enjoy playing each other. There's a lot of mutual respect. Um, they have a left-handed pitcher that was just named uh, on the watch list for the Golden Spikes Award. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're the team to beat. And we've had some great games with them. And, and I don't – I hate to think about the number of times that we've played them in the MIAA championship game, but a lot of the credit to them and what they're doing in their program. And, and as you look across the league, I think there's a lot of parity in terms of programs that have just gotten better and, and, you know, guys work hard at it from a coaching standpoint and recruiting standpoint. So the one thing I can tell you is it doesn't matter who you're playing. There is never a game off. And maybe that goes without saying a little bit for our sport because you never know what's going to happen. But when I look at the MIAA, I think there's some really good um, baseball teams in our league and some really good people. This is a uh, season uh, 28 for you here at Hope College. Uh, um, it seemed like yesterday you were just hitting the 500 win milestone and you're knocking on the door of, of 600 for you, what has made Hope College baseball, uh, you know, mean to you after, you know, these years of, of leading the Flying Dutchman? You, you know, probably, Alan, that question, we could sit here till about noon and I could uh, talk about that or I could summarize it. You know, I, I think uh, as 
as a longtime coach, you go through different periods of that time or, you know, different periods of your coaching career. And if, if I had to sum it up, I would say it's the people, you know, I, we're blessed here at hope to have unbelievable facilities and amenities, how we travel, where we stay, what we wear, um, a second to none education that we can sell. Uh, we have a great product to sell to our kids that we're recruiting, but I think uh, nice uniforms and nice buses and great facilities are only just that unless you have fantastic people in it. And for me and really for, for my wife and for Tuck, it's, it's been about relationships and it's been about people. Um, we try to sell transformational experiences and relationships in our program. And probably I try to sell that because that's what it's been for us. Did you always want to be a coach? Was yeah. That, uh... You know, this is probably a little shallow, Alan, but I'm not sure what else I could have done. You know, I can't <laughs> pound a nail and I can't saw a saw and I can't fix a car. Um, and I was fortunate to grow up in, in a family where our summer vacation every year was going to watch the Cardinals. Um, my dad, you know, um, huge mentor in my life. Um, he passed away in 1994, refereeing a high school football game in Iowa, um, our second year here at Hope. So, you know, I've been on this journey a little bit um, w without him. Um, my brother, Scott, was four years older than me, um, standout athlete at Wartburg College in, in Waverly, Iowa. He was a two-sport athlete, um, played football at Iowa State for a year before he transferred um, to, to Wartburg. But honestly, growing up, I grew up in small town, Iowa. And little did I know at the time, Alan, we just didn't have very much to do. So we went out in the yard and we played. And, you know, we, we had friends and, and we had the big backyard. So probably ingrained in me then, um, I had a, uh, an elementary physical education teacher, Paul Youngblood, who was also my high school basketball coach, who had way more of a profound impact on me than I realized at the time. And I got into teaching elementary um, phys ed in Humboldt, Iowa. Great, great spot for me to start my career and uh, coached three sports. And then, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that our creator puts us in spots and gives us opportunities. Um, I met Glenn Van Weeren by chance um, the year after I got done with my grad work and met him at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. And he told me about the position here. And uh, as they say, Alan, the, the, rest is, the rest is history. Well, I didn't realize that's, and he, Glenn, our legendary men's basketball coach, uh, that's a, a great assist there. Was, what, when you say by chance, like, was well, he there for something else? Or, yeah, I mean, how did you even... I'll flush it out a little bit more. We had just returned from the University of Northern Colorado where I did my grad work and, and uh, Carol and I took two football players to St. Olaf because my college football coach at Wartburg had left Wartburg to go to St. Olaf. So we took two kids up and uh, I saw Coach Canfield in the morning before the game and he said, Stu, there's somebody here you got to meet. And we had played Hope in football, Alan, in 1985. I was a sophomore at Wartburg. Hope came out and played us. 
Um, Blaine Newhouse was on that team and just some guys that are still in the area. But anyway, Glenn's daughters played volleyball at St. Olaf and it was parents weekend. And somehow Glenn had talked to coach Canfield and told him that the uh, head baseball job and assistant football job were open. Um, so, you know, for those of you that are, that are listening, I, I talked to Glenn for a week one day and uh, <laughs> he, he has been a mentor to me and really opened the door, um, gave me a path to come to Hope College. And that was, uh, that was in the fall of 1992. Wow. That's amazing. You never know the impact you can make, uh, in places you never even, you know, think about. That's, that's pretty cool. And now you go from a, you know, a small town, uh, and kid in Iowa and, uh, obviously college baseball coach now, and, um, we're president of the American baseball coaches association. I know that's an organization near and dear to your heart that you've been involved with for a long time. And especially the last few years as a, as a, uh, in a leadership role, obviously unusual year, um, but still a, a lot to work to be done to, to help coaches across the country. Talk about what you've been working on and, and with that role and what that meant to you to serve in that capacity. You know, um, I don't think it's too strong for me to say that it was a dream come true. Um, not necessarily to serve in the presidency capacity, but to be involved in that organization. Um, I went to my first ABCA convention in January of 1991 in Dallas, Texas, when I was grad assistant at Northern Colorado and haven't missed one since. But I remember as a young coach walking around, and at that time we probably had 3,000 coaches there. But I remember walking around, um, seeing the legends of college baseball, Ronnie Polk and Bobby Bennett, and just, just guys from big-time institutions. And um, never did I think, hey, I want to be one of them. But stayed pretty involved in the organization and then had an opportunity to serve on some NCAA championship committees and just met people. And it goes back to the same thing, Alan. It goes back to people. It goes back to relationships. Um, but I met John Casey, who's the head coach at Tufts University in Boston. And we formed a, uh, a very, very solid friendship. And he was further down the tracks from, um, than me in terms of leadership positions within the ABCA. And we think that it's important to continue to get division three guys into that role. So I was fortunate to have case that took me under his wing and the way the presidency works is it's a five-year deal. So you go from fourth, third, second, first, and then president and fantastic organization. You know, the, our national office was right here in Mount Pleasant for a lot of years. Dave Kylitz uh, was the executive director his son, Craig, is now the executive director. But we have grown to having 7,000 coaches at our convention and um, 13,000 members in that organization. Imagine just being a, a caretaker of the game and, and help coaches. How do you see as you guys you know, try to make the ABC, ABCA something that means as much to coaches now, young coaches like you were, you know, to, to mm -hmm. now? Um, the, the things that the organization provides for our membership has just grown, um, you know, the wisdom of the people at the national office, but I think it's just something to be involved with 
be involved with your national organization and fostering relationships, getting, getting to know people across the country um, has really helped to grow um, our game. And I, I guess the other thing that it's done, Alan, is it's given me an opportunity, um, Carol and I, a chance to travel internationally. Um, I've, I've worked with the Swiss Baseball Federation a little bit. And, you know, I, I go over there as an American to talk about baseball and I leave absolutely blown away, enamored by the Swiss people and the genuine friendships and stuff that we were able to form over there. So it, it baseball is just a vehicle, really. Um, it's, it's, it was just an incredible opportunity for us. Your uh, interest that you mentioned earlier about uh, your time and being a elementary physical education teacher is where you got started. That's something that, that educating and physical education still means to you. In addition to coaching, um, you're an uh, associate professor here of kinesiology with a, a specialty in, you know, assessing future physical educators. Hope has a rich tradition of teachers and coaches um, and recently received uh, tenure for that. Just talk about your work there and what, you know, how you try to make a difference in that aspect as well. It, yeah, I think one, one of the things that makes Hope different, there's a lot, but one of the things that I think makes us unique is, um, you know, our teacher coach model. We have a hybrid of that. But when I was hired here um, a long time ago, you know, we, we were we were always teachers first and coaches second. And I don't think that's changed. But the the role that I have within our um, pedagogy department or pedagogy tract here in, in our office, um, I get to work with some incredible people. Nancy Campster is one of the best. Um, Mitch is involved. Um, Coach Mitch is involved in that, but, but I, I get to supervise our student teachers and I'm able to turn a 50 minute observation into about a three hour ordeal because I go into schools where I see hope grads, um, kids that have graduated from our program that are out teaching. I enjoy that being out into the field. I think it helps me stay current and, you know, I get to see kids in a little bit different way. Um, in the classroom versus always on the, the, the court or the track or the, or the pool or the field. So it's something that's near and dear to my heart. It, it's something that hope gave me an opportunity to continue to do. And I do have a sincere love for children and for, you know, the physical education component. And Matt, that's something that teaching and coaching is just something that's timeless that, you know, obviously maybe people have changed. There's some different challenges that come across our way, but it's still that same thing of trying to connect and help a, you know, a, a boy or a girl kind of, you know, find their way and, and grow and confidence as students and then as teachers as well. And, and I, th I think the thing we learn as we go along, Alan, you've been doing this a long time. You've been in sports. For me, it's, it's way less about the people that I have an opportunity to impact and it becomes way more about how they've impacted me. And I don't know, as a, as a young teacher and a coach, maybe I, I didn't necessarily feel that way, but you know, it's people use this cliche a lot, but very seldom have I had a day of work here losing, losing both ends of a double header. That's work. Um, but you know, the, the payoff for what we get to do and to be around this age, um, student athlete, um, 
it, it's priceless. I, I think it's, uh, it's just something that I feel very fortunate and blessed to be able to have done. Well, appreciate you joining us today on the uh, Orange and Blue podcast. Uh, really excited and looking forward to seeing, uh, hearing the sounds. Uh, I heard some uh, the other day on the internet from some spring training at Major League Baseball team. So to hear that pop a, pop of the glove and uh, the bat, uh, the ball off the bat. I'm an old baseball guy myself. That's just a that just means spring is here and a good sound. <laughs> and good sound and, to hear. And the Cardinals re-signed Yachty. I mean, that's, that's huge. I'm a huge, I'm a diehard Cardinal fan and I'm a huge Yachty fan. So uh, um, that's something to look forward to with uh, watching pro baseball. Good. And we'll look forward to watching college baseball too. Flying Dutchman here getting ready to go here in March and getting back out on the diamond. Thanks Stu. And uh, uh, good luck this season. Always a pleasure for me, Alan. Thank you.